morning, and so we want to go ahead and get started and, and take care of these things that we need to take care of. So we're, we've got a number of announcements, and so uh, there have been at least three that have asked me about uh, being able to, to share, and Cindy's going to be the first of those. Hey, good morning, everyone. You know, I always have something to say. And first of all, I want to thank all the veterans that have served, are serving, and those that did this ultimate sacrifice. Okay, ladies. It is time for our Christmas banquet. This is an opportunity for you to invite people that, have not, that are not coming to church, your friends, your family, neighbors, whoever they are. The tables are beautiful each year, and I'm sure that they will be this year. Our banquet is December the 2nd, and the price is $18. You will pay that to me, Cindy Ledgerwood, if you write a check, write it to Montanay Baptist, Put it in an envelope with your name on it. If you have other people you're paying for, please put their names on them. I'm not superwoman and can figure it out. Okay, if you are decorating a table and you have people who will sit with you, please put their name on the attendance sheet, sign-up sheet, with your name in parentheses. And... Uh, if you're going to do a table, let's get signed up. There's just a few back there. I think that's all I have to say, and I hope everyone can come because it is a wonderful time, and we're going to have a wonderful uh, wonderful speaker, well, or whatever he's going to do. <laughs> Tom, Tom, what's his name? An illusionist. Anyway, thank you. Okay, Cindy, if you'll hand that over to Nancy. Okay. Before December 2nd, Ladies' Banquet is next Sunday, November 12th. That is our annual family holiday meal. I need you to sign up, tell me what you're bringing, how many people are coming. But this Wednesday, we're not having a meal. But able-bodied men, please consider showing up here at 6.30, Family Life Center, to set up tables. As you can tell from my baseball bat to the eye, I am not allowed to lift or to bend, so I will be the chief, and you will <laughs> all be my Indians. Then on Thursday and Friday afternoons, we'll meet as many as can come, and I know a lot of you guys work. As many can come, and we'll cover the tables, we'll cover the floors, we'll put the outlets in place, because, again, Sunday is going to be an incredibly busy day. I hope to see every single one of you there. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. And then Arlene has, uh, Arlene would like to share. Good morning. I was going to give you a little update on the Christmas to Remember program, but I know we're short on time, so I'm just going to list three needs that we have. And mostly that is in logistics of getting the gifts here and uh, getting the gifts loaded here and unloaded. So as you can see on the screen over there, 
We are going to load the gifts at the warehouse on Saturday, December 2nd at 10 o'clock. We will have a bus that will come out to the warehouse, so if you show up at the church at 9.30, the bus will bring you out uh, to help load. The boxes are not heavy. I've loaded and moved most of them myself, so they're not heavy. There's just a lot of them. On Sunday then, on the 3rd, the buses will show up here. Not the buses, the trailers will show up here. And after worship service, we need help unloading the gifts into the Family Life Center. And then we'll have a few other needs. There are sign-up sheets out on the men's table if you can help with any of those needs. Um, And I think that's it, except for the candy cane slide that you saw. We need red and white candy canes because the children will be learning what the candy cane represents, and we can't talk about the blood of Jesus with blue candy canes. So I, I forgot to add red and white on that. Thank you. Thank you, Arlene. I understand that um, you are ahead of schedule on, on volunteers, but there is still room for many more. Very good, very good. Uh, Brother Mac wanted me to remind everyone that this Wednesday's uh, night prayer meeting, we will start meeting in here, in the, right here in the auditorium. And uh, today's the last day to sign up for uh, GBS, Glory Bound Seniors, for Tuesday's meal. That's our year-end celebration, so make sure you're signed up. We need to count, and it's going to be catered, and we've got a, good, a great speaker, so... Show up. We'll see you then, 11.30. Okay, thank you, Harold. Any other announcements that we need to be aware of? Laura? Choir at 4 for those who are wanting to be in singing in the Christmas cantata. Okay, thank you. Any others? Okay, then if you will stand, please. It'll be time for a prayer, and uh, the choir will then will come up. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning thanking you for the privilege of being able to gather in this place. We thank you that today we have the opportunity to acknowledge uh, Veterans Day, those veterans from our church and from our nation that have served you, and we thank you for Uh, their lives and and the things that they have done uh, on our behalf as they protected our nation and fought in the different wars in which they fought. We thank you for your uh, love, for your guidance upon our nation. Uh, We believe we have the greatest nation that has ever been, and we thank you for the ways that you have blessed us and made us great. We pray that as we go through this service, we will bring honor to you and honor to our men and women who have served, and that all of this will be done in a way that reflects uh, the power, the presence, the love of Jesus, and that you'll be glorified through it. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You may be seated. We're so glad to have you this morning, and uh, 
especially our veterans. We're going to recognize our veterans today and uh, celebrate their service, and we just thank the Lord for them. Um, and uh, I want to thank, uh, it says right there in the first announcements, I want to thank our Northwest Arkansas Honor Guard Post 100 from American Legion. They're here to uh, post the flags and uh, help us. All right, this time, I'm going to ask uh, Brother Tim Dagner to come, and he says a reading for us. Who are veterans? They are men and women who, for many reasons, don the uniform of our country to stand between freedom and tyranny to take up the sword of justice in defense of the liberties we hold dear, to preserve peace and to calm the winds of war. Your mothers and fathers, your grandparents, your aunts and uncles, your neighbors, the shop owners in your community, your teachers, your favorite athlete, a Hollywood star, and your political leaders. Each one could be a veteran. But as much as they may differ by gender, race, age, national origin, or profession, they share a common love for our great nation, a love great enough to put their very lives on the line, if need be, to guarantee the way of life we enjoy today and to secure that way of life for tomorrow's generations. The title veteran must be earned. It is a title endowed by a grateful nation of citizens whose shoulders were broad enough to carry the weight of our common defense. It is a title that speaks of courage and sacrifice in the face of mortal danger. It is a title that speaks of compassion and heartbreak in the wake of a terrible cost of war. And it is a title that speaks of love and country and of a belief in America's goodness and our strength. In each of America's struggles, heroes in uniform emerge to inspire and spur us on to victory. Our veterans steadfast resolve to stand and fight for the American way of life. It, and it is a cons constant reminder that the righteousness of our destiny over, over, over the ang anguish of our losses. America's servicemen and women who became our nation's veterans when they set their uniforms aside and resumed their civilian lives distinguished themselves through their willingness to risk life and limb in defense of the freedoms we all cherish. Those who have served our nation in uniform are the best people our society has to offer. We owe them our full support and our sincerest thanks. Let's stand, please, now, as we uh, sing God Bless America. 
God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her with the truth from the from above, from the mountains to the valley. To the oceans, white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Let's now pledge allegiance to our flag. I pledge Right, may be seated. This time we're going to recognize our, our veterans and the American Legions that are going to be uh, posting the flag. And uh, when they, and also uh, the anthem of your service will be played and shown on the screen. So uh, when your flag, the veterans, when your flag comes up, uh, what you just stand. We start out with Army. Navy, Coast Guard, Air Force, and then Marines. Let's begin.
That's all veterans, stand up. All veterans, stand up again. Oh. Just, sorry. Just a veteran. All right. Let's all stand, please. Now you can stand up. All right. We are going to sing now American the Beautiful. Oh, beautiful, far spacious skies, far amber waves of grain, far purple mountains, majesty above the started looking at it and I found out there's actually four verses to it and they're all 
you know, really good verses, but the fourth one really spoke to my heart, and uh, I just want to share it with you. Um, it says, Oh, thus be it ever when freedom shall stand between their loved home and the war's desolation. And that's our veterans. They stand between their loved home and the war's desolation. And then it says, Blessed with victory and peace, may the heavens rescued land praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation. Then conquer we must, when our cause it is just, and this be our motto, in God is our trust. And the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. It just spoke to my heart where it says, in God is our trust, and also about the free men that stand between their loved home and the war's desolation. And now I'll sing the first verse which you normally hear. So. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. for our ushers to come forward this time for this morning's offering. As always, we like to think of the offering time as a time of worship. 
And it's a time for us to indicate our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ by being faithful in giving tithes and offerings. So I encourage you to let the Lord lead you as, these, as the offering takes place. And may it be a time of blessing, not grudging giving or of necessity, but cheerfully because God loves a cheerful giver. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Ask his blessing upon this offering and uh, Brad, would you lead us, please? Jack, would you please lead us in just a quick word of blessing on the offering that has been given this morning.
Amen. Thank you. It is an honor for me to be able to stand before you this morning in Brother Mac's absence, and I um, am thankful for the opportunity always to stand up for the Lord, to share a word from him. But I want to start off by reminding you of the awfulness of war. Um, And the way I'm going to do that is just share with you kind of a, a, a glimpse of what the Korean War was. The Korean War started on June 25, 1950. It started with a surprise attack by the North Korean army attacking South Korea. And they continued fighting until October 19th. And on October 19th, the Chinese decided that they also would join with the North Koreans in fighting against South Korea. And so they brought a huge army and they crossed over the North Korean border and attacked Americans, the United Nations, and the Southern South Korean forces. And so over the course of that three-year battle, there were many men who paid a price for it. And the ones that I have listed here are, number one, China paid a price for it because they lost 600,000 soldiers in the Korean conflict. And North Korea paid a price for it because they lost 406,000 men in the battles of Korea. And South Korea paid a price for it because they lost 217,000 men in fighting in that war. And then the Americans also paid a price for that because... 54,236 Americans died, were killed in that battle, and, are, and there are some that, that of those that are missing. And then there were another 103,284 who were wounded in the course of that battle. There were a total of 1,070,000. million, let me put it that way, 1.79 million U.S. military who served in that combat arena. That was the price of war, and a price of war. 22 nations sent troops and or supplies to aid South Korea, but... 90% of all troops sent were American. So some of our vets are vets of that world war, which happened, of that war, which happened just after, shortly after World War II. In World War II, 
um, we, we fought a great battle. And I just wanted to share with you the story of one man who was in the midst of that. His name was Louis Zamperini. And he lived from 1917 to 2014. And he, um, he grew up in California and went to USC. And um, he joined the military when uh, World War II started. And he was an officer. Now, he had had opportunity uh, in, while he was at USC and during Olympics in 1936 to be one of the runners for the United States in the 1936 Olympics and, and showed himself well. He didn't win any uh, medals, gold medals that, that I'm aware of, but he did show himself well as a runner during that, and, and he continued to run for quite a while after that. But, be, but he became, during the war, World War II, a captain in a bomb squadron. And he was flying uh, one of those flying cross uh, planes, and it was... It was uh, they were, they were flying in the area of Japan, and he was shot down. And uh, he was taken as a hostage, but he, he got free from that after a while. And um, in doing so, he ended up out at sea uh, for a long period of time. And during that time... He suffered greatly, and the others that were also team members with him in that plane who were still alive after it crashed into the sea uh, were on this raft. It was attacked by uh, sharks. It was attacked by Japanese, but somehow still they were able to continue to survive until finally they came to an island and the unfortunate thing is that that island still happened to be uh, controlled by the Japanese, and so he became a prisoner of war. And he was a prisoner of war for several years and, and lived a, a very difficult time during those years that the Japanese held him. They, they had no mercy on the prisoners that, that um, they held, and they... Uh, they they treated them poorly, much more poorly than was was supposed to have been done according to UN uh, sanctions and stuff like that that had been set. But nevertheless, he went through all of that, tortured and beaten. Uh, after and and the plane that he was flying, I guess you could say. Was, was a B-24 Liberator, if any of you know anything about the old airplanes uh, and, and the causes that they had for those. those. Those were in service for a long time. But the reason I bring him up is because after, after the war and after the things that he had suffered, 
he lived a life that was kind of a difficult life. He ended up almost, well, I guess you could say being an alcoholic. And for several years, he tried to, to live struggling with that alcoholism and never could get a handle on it. But amazingly, there came a day when he realized that his real need was for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he became a believer. And his life was turned around. He no longer um, was involved in alcohol or any of those things. And he became an outspoken minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere that he went. And he was an outstanding man. And uh, one of the vets, just one of the vets, from World War II. He lived till 2014, so he had 97 years of life, and God allowed him to see, experience a lot, and have a testimony of the grace and the power of God. As we come to a Veterans Day service, I want you to open your Bibles, please, to the book of John, chapter 15. I'm going to read several verses, but the special emphasis is going to be on verse 13. We're going to start with verse 9 and read through um, verse 14. Well, no, I'll read through 15 as, as well. So, um, 9 through 15 of John chapter 15. And it says this. As the Lord loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that, that, that one than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we come to this important time in our reflections upon the meaning of Veterans Day, help us to remember the price that Jesus paid and the example that he gave in how to demonstrate love, and how to live for your brothers and sisters that are around you in the world. And I thank you, Father, that Jesus is such a superlative example of that and that we can look to him for the strength to enable us also to live lives that are pleasing to you and that make a difference in our world. And we thank you, Father, that, that in a sense all of us find ourselves vets because we are fighting 
in the great spiritual battle between you and Satan. And we are the battleground. And help us to, to respond accordingly in the midst of the battle and that we can be veterans with a great story to tell about the victory and salvation that comes in Jesus. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen. Well, um, as we read this passage of Scripture, I hope you could understand and see clearly that that was the words of the Lord Jesus. He was speaking to his disciples and to others who were around at that particular time. And he was giving them instruction, teaching, uh, to encourage them and build them up in the faith in which they had. And in that, Jesus did this by placing himself as an example before his disciples and others who were looking on. So when he says all of these things, he's, he's speaking firsthand about what he has experienced and, and what is true. So when he comes down to verse 13, and he says, Greater love has no one than this, than that he would lay down his life for his friends. That is a very important statement and has a lot of significance because it reflects exactly what Jesus was about to do. He knew the price that he was going to have to pay for our sin, and he was about to go to the cross for that sin within just a matter of hours even. And so he was, he was ready for that, and he wanted his disciples also to be ready. This is a part of what is called uh, the upper room discourse or the uh, discourse in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so he was, he was sharing the load of what his disciples were going to need in the days ahead with him being gone. And it was important for them to understand um, these concepts that he was giving. So the first thing that he did was that he gave a command. And that command was... Um, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And then he said in verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. In other words, Jesus was giving a commandment for us to love one another. Now that's that's kind of strange that Jesus would have to give a commandment in regard to our love. That he would have to take the time to tell his disciples that this matter of love was so important that they couldn't just pass it by, but that they needed to make it a priority in their lives. And... The reason for that is if they wanted to be his friends, then they were going to have to follow obediently in the things that he said to do. So when Jesus was giving this command, he was expecting obedience from his disciples. Now, um, 
two things I would say about this. Obedience is a proof of our love. And our love assures our obedience. In other words, what happens is we are being obedient to the Lord when we are loving our brothers and sisters in Christ and others who are around us. And in loving them, um, in, in, in loving them, we are being obedient. And our obedience demonstrates to everyone around the love that we have. Imagine what it was like for all of the different troops, the, the 1,790,000 U.S. troops that went to war in Korea. They did that not necessarily because it was their favorite thing to do, but because of something in their hearts that made them realize this was a way for them to serve their country and that their country needed them. And they were willing then on that basis to go. And every veteran who is, who is a veteran has, didn't go into it necessarily thinking, well, I'm going to give my life, and yet every one of them knew that there was the potential of his or her giving their life on behalf of their nation. And so uh, this, was, this was something that was kind of expected, I guess you could say, and something that they were willing to do. So Obedience is a proof of our love. And then, again, our love assures our obedience. We do it out of the love that we have for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God first loved us. And he loved us so much, he demonstrated his love in that he sent Christ when, while we were still sinners to die on the cross. In other words, at our worst, God loved us. In other words, there's never a time when he doesn't love us. Everyone who, who is on this planet called Earth today is someone whom God loves. And he has a desire for them. He has a plan for them in if they will step into that plan, if they will come to know Christ as Savior, if they will follow obediently in doing His will, then they can demonstrate the love that Jesus had for us in dying for us. And so we have that great privilege and honor of doing that. Now, it's not only a command, it's also a carrier. It leads to something else. It leads to a condition, and that condition is a condition called joy. Did you hear what Jesus had to say in that regard? My joy will remain with you, that your joy may be full. Joy is a result of obedience. So there is the joy of obedience. Now, you may have gotten a little of that when you were growing up and you actually did something that your parents told you to do. And they said, we're so thankful 
we're so pleased that you obeyed us in this and did what you were supposed to do. There was a certain degree of, of love that was generated in the process of doing that. And in fact, we were demonstrating a love for our parents in acting in that way. And so there was a joy that was a part of that. I've experienced that joy uh, considerably in the opportunities that I've had to stand and serve the Lord in all the different ways that I have, whether it's, it's, it's visiting with the sick or whether it's preaching the gospel or, or whatever it may be over the course of time. There's a joy in the service that I do. And it's true of every believer if they are walking with the Lord. There's a joy there that just can't be compared with anything else. It's not a happiness. It's a joy. It, it has an underwriting foundation of, of the presence of God in it. And it's something that, that lasts and continues on. So there is the joy of obedience also. Not only the joy in obedience, but also the joy of obedience. The joy of knowing we are following the plan and the purpose of God. Does it not excite you when you have the time to come to church and worship the Lord and you know that that's something that is pleasing to God and it's an opportunity for you to please Him and so you have that, that joy because you are being true to the Lord and, and following Him. We, we sometimes uh, maybe laugh at the idea that, that the Bible says that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but that we need to gather together for the good of our brothers and sisters and join in worship and, and Bible study and, and encouraging one another in the faith. That's the reason that we do that. And there's a, the joy in being obedient to the Lord in doing those things because we grow as believers. We grow in our, in our, in our finding our purpose in, in life. We, we grow in understanding that we're making a difference in the world because we're doing what God has for us to do. So there's the joy of obedience and the joy in obedience. This, this command, this obedience that we have carries us through to that kind of joy. And there's a third principle here that is, is true of this, and that is that it is a consecration of love. It is, it is well, let me put it this way. Y'all know what orange concentrate is? It comes in those tubes like this and it's about that tall and it's frozen and you put it in you put it in your uh, pitcher and you put water in it and you put water in it and you put water in it until it's the right consistency right the concentration of it is too much but when it when it is in when it is in the proper um, in the proper context it comes out appropriately and it tastes good and we like uh, orange juice when it is at the right consistency so uh, that's the way 
That's, that's the thing that is happening to us in this. This, this love is concentrated. Now, now I'm going to point out some of the things that this love concentration involves, how, how powerful it is. First of all, when I, when I think about this, this love that we have, it obviously is a strong love. In, in loving the Lord, in, in walking with Him, it should become the greatest love of our lives. There shouldn't be any, any other love that tops that love. And um, we, we understand that Jesus gives us the highest example in that regard. Because he didn't have to come to earth, but he wanted to come to earth and he wanted even to go through the suffering and the shame and the difficulties that he faced because he knew what the outcome would be. In Hebrews it says, Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, suffering the shame. So that love that we that we generate and that we have is a strong love. Let me tell you how strong that love is. That love carries us through all kinds of temptations. That love helps us in the midst of medical difficulties. It is a strength there that, that carries us in those times of difficulty because we know we're in the hands of God. And he's going to care for us and watch over us and, and bless, bless us. It is a strong love. And it covers our whole lives as we walk with the Lord. The privilege of having him in our lives. And that strong love carries us through all of the, all of the, 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 the challenges and difficulties of life. And in the midst of that, we have the privilege of demonstrating the presence of God in our lives. It's strong, but it's also tender. The love of Jesus. We read so many times of the compassion that Jesus had for others. He looked out on that multitude before he fed 5,000 people, and he had compassion on them because they were as sheep without, without a shepherd. And so he, he that, that love, that comes from the Lord Jesus is a tender love. It is a caring love. It is, it is one that takes seriously the responsibility of our sharing with others and encouraging them and being, being with them. Then it's, it's strong, it's tender, it's also a patient love because the kind of love that Jesus had allowed him to let a man walk away from him who didn't accept him as Savior after he told him, you, there's only one thing that you lack in, in, in having salvation, and that is selling your goods and following me. And that young man was not willing to do that because he had made his, his money his idol. And so he needed to learn that he couldn't have any idols. He couldn't have anything before Jesus. Or Nicodemus, who came in the middle of the night and visited with Jesus and, and asked 
questions and Jesus answered him and ultimately because of that Nicodemus became a follower, a believer. And it was because of that patience of the Lord in working with him. Now, you've discovered, I'm sure, that you have, you can, you can work with people and talk to people better if you have patience and if they have patience. If they're just in a hurry and, and they're just trying to get something done and, and you just better get this done right now kind of a thing, you know, that's no, there's no joy in that. There's, there's nothing gained in that. And so being, being patient, we learn patience, and, and that comes through that consecration of, of love. And then two more. One, the second to last, is that it is an enduring love. The Lord Jesus said, blessed are those who endure to the end. And here's what happens. Anybody who comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, who, who really makes that decision to walk with Christ, from that point on is in the hands of the Lord Jesus. And he will be able to, or she will be able to endure anything and everything that comes their way because of the power of God at work in their lives. There's just an endurance, a keep to that is a part of the love of God that is demonstrated in this thought. So it is enduring. And then finally, the last thing for us and the reason that we're here on a Veterans Day is because this consecration of love is self-sacrificing. These men and these women, for those four years, for those ten years, for those two years, for those 20 years, for those 30 years that they were servants of our nation as military people, they were being self-sacrificing. They were giving their lives for our good, for our comfort, for our protection. And um, they, they didn't always think about that. I didn't always think about it for the four years that I was in the Air Force. But nevertheless, that was four years, um, you know, we could say we could have been doing something else, right? And um, some of that might not have been good. Some of that might have been good. But nevertheless, we found our place in serving our nation and walking through those difficult days, those for, for me, difficult because it was while the, the Vietnam War was going on and it was in the midst of that kind of a conflict that, that I was serving. And so I had opportunity when I was in Thailand to be pretty close to the, the actual fighting. Some of these men that stood up this morning got a lot closer than I did. They may have been in Saigon. They may have been in some of those other dangerous places as they served uh, their nation. And we do owe a debt of gratitude for them, for that. And they were being self 
sacrificing. They could have been at home making a living for their kids, for their families. They could have been building up um, their their uh, resources. They they could have they could have been making um, a lot of difference working with their family, but they chose to serve the country in doing that. And we choose to serve the Lord in doing that. We die to self, Jesus said, when we become his, his children. And we um, then become alive, as Paul described it in, in one of his gospels, in one of his epistles. So, the power of love, the, the work of love is just amazing and incredible. And so when the Lord Jesus said those words, greater is he, no, there is no greater love than this, than that a man would lay down his life for his friend. In one sense, everyone who is a believer is a veteran. We've been fighting battles against Satan. We've been standing up for the Lord. We've been doing things that he would have us to do. So in, in doing that, we have an inkling of what it's like for those who were literally vets in the military and the price that they paid, that they were willing to pay in order for us to have the freedoms and privileges that we have. So as we conclude this service, it is a time for us to reflect on the blessings that are ours because of the price that has been paid by vets all down through the years. And that's also true in our Christian lives, that our, our pastors, our Sunday school teachers, our, our mentors, our all of those who served the Lord in different kinds of ministries, all of them had some part in building us up and, and enabling us in our walk with the Lord. And that is a great blessing to us today in the same way that we have all of the freedoms that we do now because of the price that these vets have paid in their self-sacrifice. We thank them. We appreciate them for what they have done. And so I say to every one of the vets who is in this room this morning, thank you for the price that you paid. Thank you for the sacrifice that you gave. Thank you for the time you were willing to yield to our nation rather than to your own interests and needs. And we, we are so appreciative of what you have done. Let me pray. Father, we come to you thanking you for the privilege of being in this place this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to acknowledge our vets and the things that they have done on our behalf and out of their love for the country, out of their desire to make a difference in the world. And we thank you, Father, that you uh, gave us that divine example 
of the Lord Jesus, of what it means to be self-sacrificing, of what it means to have a relationship with you, of what it means to uh, walk in your ways so that our life has absolute purpose and meaning and accomplishes great things for you. It may not look great in the eyes of people, but it has eternal consequences. And we thank you for that great opportunity to be veterans in the Christian life. We pray now, Father, as we take this time to have an invitation that anyone here who's never accepted Christ could come to see that Christ's love was so great. It was greater than any other love in that he was willing and able to come and give his life for us. And I pray that they could just step into that great gift of love this morning. And so touch their hearts, lead them in this matter. For those of us who are already believers, may we continue to remember it's about love, it's about obedience. In our love and in our obedience, we will find joy and you will be glorified. We pray it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Stand, please, as we have a time of invitation. Your opportunity to come and to respond as the Lord may lead you according to this message. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou gavest me true to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Now's the time. Now's your opportunity. We invite you to come. We want to celebrate with you in the love that you discover in the Lord Jesus Christ. Another stanza, will you come? Just as I am, though tossed about with many of conflict, many a doubt, fightings with.
for your attention and thank you for the privilege of being able to share with you this morning on this great occasion. And we do uh, want to acknowledge our veterans. And so we have... Yeah, I'd like everyone to sit down, please. And uh, there's a song that's going to be played. And when I call your branch of service, I want the, the veterans to come up front, please. Army. They're so proud to say they had the chance to serve, and still today they would just say the word. And I tell you what I'll always do when a veteran walks in Navy. the room. In honor I will stand And as a humble man I shake their hands Coast Guard Coast Guard Shake their hands For all that they have done Shake their hands For the battles lost Air Force for the soldiers who fought and died For the mothers who sat and cried For their family they all left behind For their sacrifice Several in the Air Force And uh, just want you to recognize Mark Lincoln. He did serve in the uh, uh, Korean War I know these times Marine. Call for everyone to stand behind. You want a Marine? This country that we love. Okay, we do have a Marine. He's on watch out there. And God can only give the strength to fight for life and liberty. But the right to fly that flag came with a prize. Many gave their lives. So shake their hands Every woman and man who defend this land Deserve that we extend our hands And shake their hands For all that they have done Shake their hands For the battles lost and won for the soldiers who fought with pride Would stand again for what is right For their family and for you and I Here comes a Marine They would sacrifice So shake their hands Shake their hands Let's stand please Brother Terry. Shake a veteran's hand. Amen. And we invite you at the conclusion of the service, if you would like, to come and to shake these men's and women's hands and tell them how much you appreciate the price that they have paid. What a great God we serve.
What a great country we live in. We are blessed. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. We'll be dismissed. Father, we come to you and thank you for the privilege of being able to gather with you this morning. We thank you for your presence with us and for the privilege of being in this place and worshiping you and acknowledging the work of our veterans. We thank you most of all, Lord, for our salvation, for the privilege of being a part of your family and fighting in the battle against Satan. And may you get glory in our lives from the ways that we stand for you. As we go, dismiss us in your grace and with your love. And may you be seen as we go out into our mission field, the world that is around us. We pray it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.